Hello and welcome to Reformed Podmatics, a weekly podcast hosted by Pastor Mark Van Dyke and Pastor Zach Dewey of Almond Valley Christian Reformed Church in Ripon, California. This podcast exists to promote the vibrant, biblical, and historically informed face of Reformed theology, both in our context and beyond. to Reformed Podmatics. I am Pastor Zach. And I'm Pastor Mark. And today we are excited to be back with you after a week off. Uh, For those of us in the United States of America last week, we were celebrating Thanksgiving. And so uh, it was a little bit of a busier week in Mm -hmm. some ways, especially for Mark. Mm -hmm. We uh, weren't back in the office on Thursday. um, And so we just decided to pause for the week on the podcast and focus on uh, preparing for the Thursday service that we do and then spending time with our families as well. And so we are excited to be back. And as you may tell, today's episode is going to be on the topic of sports. Now, this is a broad subject. This is not something we've ever touched on uh, with any specificity. Uh, We'd never... uh, gotten quite to the subject. We've talked about recreation and joy and things that are sort of peripheral, you might say, or adjacent to uh, the topic of sports. But sports is something that, if you know Mark and I, it's something we we care about. Uh, We are fans of sports, uh, most definitely. The last uh, week, we've been interested in following along with the World Cup, and that's kind of what has sparked our conversation this morning. You know, for me personally, I've had a long history with sports, grew up playing sports, uh, particularly baseball, basketball, and football, although I never played tackle football. You can think of me what you will, uh, but I played a lot of flag football as a little kid um, and really, really loved it. Baseball then eventually became my favorite sport, and so I've grown up my whole life watching those three sports on TV, following different teams, and in the last few years, I've really fallen in love with soccer, and so, as you may imagine now, I'm really interested in the World Cup. I've, I really appreciate uh, the sort of skill on display and the excellence in sports that, that can be seen as we watch um, the last few weeks and as we have a few more weeks ahead now of the World Cup. And so this has brought about this conversation for Mark and I. How, as pastors, should we speak to the subject of sports? And what are some of the great values and benefits of sports as well as some of the dangers and pitfalls. Yeah, I think it is really helpful to preface this conversation saying we are sports fans because a lot of pastors will very much resent sports because I think that we should be honest that they do in a lot of ways compete with church life. And so as as pastors, uh, if we didn't like sports, we'd be very tempted to say these are bad. It's just pulling people away from youth yeah. group. It's pulling people away from Sunday worship in a lot of cases. And, and maybe we'll have something to say about that later in the episode. But we are sports fans. Growing up in Chicago, 
Uh, that's a pro sports town. I know that there are some college sports places like Alabama and Mississippi, um, but there's definitely uh, the big cities of the Midwest and the East Coast are sports cities in a way that Californians I don't think quite understand, actually. Um, maybe I've, that's throwing a shot at California sports fans a little bit, but, um, but it, it's different. In, yeah. in the Midwest and in, in cities like Philadelphia and Boston and New York um, and Baltimore, where um, sports are very much how people relate to each other in a lot mm. of ways. And so uh, growing up in the suburbs of Chicago, I'm a huge Cubs fan, Bulls fan, um, growing up in the 90s in yeah, Chicago. Yeah, you grew up in the 90s <laughs> in Chicago. That was yeah. quite the time to be there. Exactly. You could not not be a Bulls fan, basically. It was an exciting time to, to be a kid, uh, born in 1982. It was really in, it kind of hit it at the best possible time. I remember the days of the Bulls-Pistons rivalry and and all of the excitement that that, that was for our family. And so uh, we do love sports. I, I like to play sports. Uh, I do more, less spectator sports, I would say, at this point, and I enjoy camping and hiking and, and things like that now. Um, I don't know if you'd call that a sport exactly, but um, but you know we'll we'll occasionally pick up a basketball with my boys and and throw some some wiffle balls to them in the court where we live. So this is something that we do love, but it's also something that we see can be a major distraction, a major temptation uh, towards idolatry for a lot of people, maybe ourselves included in mm -hmm. in our culture today and so I'm, I'm looking forward to the episode here and shining some light and and maybe even also as we get started welcome to anybody who might be listening who read yeah. about us on the abide uh, article um, thanks so much to the folks at the abide project for promoting the podcast and it's to simon thank you yes, for the article thank you simon Beanstra, <laughs> for um, supporting us directly through encouragement and also um uh, for writing such a thoughtful article that was uh, encouraging to us to read. And so, um, yeah, I guess without further ado, what do we think are some of the values, Zach, of sports to the life of the Christian? You know, there's lots of values, and it's good for us to start with just thinking of the explicit question, what does the Bible have to say about sports? Um I think the answer to that we could start with saying is that it doesn't say a whole lot, but what it does say is very important. Mm -hmm. um, Paul never goes into a theology of sports <laughs> where he discusses sports very directly. Probably because uh, it just wasn't a part of life like it is in America. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It didn't have the whole commercial aspect yeah. behind it. There were definitely competitions. Uh, and those competitions, from what I understand, I don't know the history of sports in the Greco-Roman <laughs> world or anything like that, uh, but just from general knowledge that I have of the time period, racing was a big big thing, uh, sort of the marathon or different sort of traditional events like that. Uh, I think there was prize fighting as mm -hmm. well. Wrestling. Uh, yeah. Wrestling. Yeah. Sort of those like proto sports, and I don't mean that in a bad way, just sports that weren't fully developed with a whole set of rules yeah, and team sports. And yeah. yeah, you don't have to have all this equipment to play like football or lacrosse or hockey or whatever. It's just kind of basic sports or things that anybody can do. So wrestling, running, things like that. Um, and so sports were very different back then, but uh, we do see Paul mentioning races uh, quite a bit throughout the New Testament. Um, and so it's interesting here in how he mentions these. He, he often uses racing um, 
as an illustration for spiritual truths. So we might say it just simply that the Christian life for Paul is like a difficult long distance race. And, he, and so we should see the Christian life uh, sort of like a marathon. It's it's not a sprint. It's something that, that takes a long time and we, we push on. We have to have endurance. Uh, we need to to run for the prize that is ahead of us. And so using this imagery, Paul, in some ways, I think, has a positive look at sports. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we may see that Paul is not um, bashing sports. He's not just saying how evil they are or anything like that. He's actually saying that, look, there's there's some value here to them. So we see this, for example, in 1 Corinthians 9.24. He says, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Uh, and similarly, though it's, it may not be Paul, Hebrews 12, verse 1, therefore, The author says, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings to us so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And so the idea here, of course, is quite simple. This is a this is a race that we are set to run. Let us run with endurance. Let us let us push ahead. Let us uh, move forward, uh, Mm -hmm. and and not be held back by sin and weight and things that cling to us. And so in all of this, I think we can simply say, it seems that Paul has a rather positive view of sports uh, in the main. Yeah, we can definitely say from those examples that sports have a utility for spiritual life. Um, Mm -hmm. I think directly they encourage physical health and mm-hmm. that's a good thing but um it, but indirectly they provide a lot of opportunity for spiritual a- analogies um yeah it, it seems like that that's almost paul's main use really of of sports is is to say look at this thing in the world that a lot of people like and get excited about and let's incorporate that into teaching about how it might relate to the christian life so um I know that I've had pastors before who use a lot of sports analogies. Um, had a pastor once who played for the University of Iowa football team, and so that's a big deal in Iowa. I mean, yeah. he was from Iowa and he played offensive line for the University of Iowa and went all the way to the Fiesta Bowl and all that, and became a, a pastor in the Reformed Church in America. And so he used a lot of sports analogies, and I think that overall. It, it was good. It was helpful. Um, it was in a context where a lot of people did really enjoy college football. And so yeah. that, that landed pretty well. However, um, I think that you can overdo those things, those types of things, which the Apostle Paul certainly doesn't do. He uses three or four times the example of running a race. Um, it's not as though everything um, kind of becomes about needing to know sports so that you can understand some spiritual uh, reference that's being made or some spiritual encouragement that Paul is giving. Um, (laughs) I think that that's where the sports analogies can go too far. If they require an intricate knowledge of sports in order to get exactly Hmm. what, um, what the spiritual truth behind it is. So uh, yeah, we can say Paul appreciated sport for the purpose of um, the spiritual lessons that it could teach. Hmm. Um, but also, he wrote that the sport itself does have some value, and, and he says basically yeah. physical training is of some value in First Timothy 4. Train yourselves in godliness, 
that he says that's most important for while bodily training is of some value, and I think that we can assume that that has something to do with either being a soldier or being an athlete, um, while that has some value, godliness has value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and for the life to come. And I think that's really the ultimate <laughs> verse in uh, encouraging participation in sports as a good thing. It has some value, says mm -hmm. Paul, but the ultimate value um, will be from the spiritual lessons that are learned, uh, the training and godliness that happens as uh, people grow in love for one another, as people uh, become know how to live in community as a result of sport. Um, and so focus more maybe on the spiritual truths than just on the wins and the losses. Hmm. Yeah, I think there's lots of analogies and illustrations we can learn and there's just good life lessons that can be learned fr from sports and this is generally why parents have long loved sports for their for their children because sports mm -hmm. teach us valuable lessons um, without really any significant um, there's nothing really on the line in sports. And I think this is why this is mm. the the beauty of sports in general. At the end of the day, it's it is just a game. Now don't say that to somebody who's <laughs> mad that their team just lost an important game. Sure. Uh, but sports, it's not life and death. It's not war. Uh, although maybe some ancient gladiatorial yeah. games were. Sure. Um, but sports are um, sort of an analog to real life in some ways. That's maybe how I would I would put it. And so they teach us these life lessons, and they're they're really good. And so why do we put a put a kid on a sports team? Well, one of the reasons a parent would often do that is just to learn the value of discipline, mm -hmm. uh, of committing to something, um, and learning to be at practice and to put in the work, um, even when it's not fun. You know. I played sports my my life growing up, and I played, for example, water polo. Didn't care for water polo, actually. I played mainly because my friends played, and so uh, I really didn't have the greatest attitude, but I learned discipline. I learned just being at practice, going, and practice for water polo was really hard. Hmm. I could recount all of the horrible things we had to do, mm -hmm. uh, one of them which included holding a five-gallon five water jug above our heads until it emptied out, one of those like like water dispenser wow. jugs. Um, so that was hard. Uh, basically, you're underwater as, until you can push it up. Once it starts to empty out, it gets lighter, so then you can push your head above water. And yeah, That's was, a cool drill. Yeah, it was it was <laughs> intense, I'll say that. And I was in the best shape of my entire life. I definitely peaked physically at the age of 16. Um, but I learned discipline. In yeah. sports, you learn teamwork and communication. You learn how to be competitive in a good way and how to have a good sort of ambition. Mm -hmm. um, you you want to push yourself. All of these things are really, really good lessons to learn, especially for children, and they have real value. There, there's a good payoff in the real world, uh, and you, you learn what it's like to win and the glory of winning, and you learn what it's like to lose and the sadness of, of losing and knowing you could have done better and having to deal with the emotions there. Those are great life lessons that really at the end of the day, if you lose a game, it's no big deal. You go home, your life continues on. And so yeah. it's good for kids to to learn to deal with these emotions and it's good good for us too so for all these sorts of reasons i think sports are, are a good thing what may be some other other points mark 
I preached about this a few years ago, and in that sermon, I mentioned that if it were not for sports, I wonder if I would actually be a pastor. And um, one of the reasons that I gave for that, maybe some of the things that you listed, discipline and teamwork and Hmm. um, learning to try to achieve, that's a good thing. Um, But for me, I I think back to eighth grade, the Peoria tournament, um, where (laughs) we we went down and there's a three-point contest in the Peoria tournament every Hmm. year. And so each team puts their best three-point shooter forward and uh, that was me on our team was easily the best three-point shooter of our team and I you take just like in the NBA I think it was three racks of five balls each so 15 shots Mm. and I made one and it was it was bad Um, and I was actually quite a good three-point shooter I I, in practice I could probably knock down oh maybe uh, uh, six or seven of those 15 Mm. pretty regularly and that would have done pretty well in this competition again it was only eighth grade but i made one and it was a it was a pretty big public failure for me Hmm. and even something as simple as missing a free throw in a basketball game where all eyes are on you and you miss or in baseball um you strike out out. in an important moment you you, you're gonna strike out or you you miss the fly ball Um, yeah and and you're gonna fail at times or as a pitcher you're gonna give up the big hit at times and you know what you have to do get back out there and try again yeah and and so that public failure (laughs) was actually quite a blessing Mm -hmm. i would say for me because when you start preaching it feels very much like shooting a free throw where all eyes are on you Um, i remember the first time i preached i I got up and i it, it was particularly during the sermon where you realize if i stop this is just yeah. done like, yeah. like it all requires for me to one of those gulp moments yeah um, <laughs> at all eyes are on the minister yeah and, and that really struck me actually I, I was surprised that i even thought that in that moment mm. because you've been to church a thousand times yep. and you don't really realize um kind of the responsibility that a mm-hmm. pastor has until you're i was in that role and I, I was the one who was preaching. And so yeah. um, that, that sort of brought me back to my sports days where you're, you're just trained mm-hmm. to, you miss the, free, the first free throw, you take another one yeah, you and keep you've got to try. And so I think that is one, one of the best lessons maybe that a, a student, uh, a, a child can learn from sports is how to come back from a public failure. Yeah. Um, and so maybe not the one that all parents want for their kids because they want them to succeed, but it's a hard it, lesson to it's, learn. It's really in those moments of loss. I think that we do a lot of learning. Um, yeah. it's when, um, I can think of a situation where I know of someone who is an excellent athlete and is on a bad team. Hmm. And so it's going to be a character forming season for this athlete. Yeah. And, uh, that does, that is not what young people really desire for their team that they want to be on. They want to be on the team with all the good players and be mm-hmm. among the good players who are being a part of winning the game. But yeah. uh, it's going to be a character-forming season for this athlete. And so mm-hmm. that's actually a good thing for life. I mean, that's going to be the rest of life in <laughs> yeah. a lot of ways. Um, maybe being a member of a church that is struggling in some way. Yeah, it's not the successful, growing, amazing yeah. church. You're not the yeah. world beater right now, and yeah. sports can help you learn how to live in that context and and serve and try 
mm-hmm. and put your best effort in. Yeah, and struggle through adversity. Yeah. And in team sports, too, that's really helpful because I, I can remember some really humiliating moments, not really for me. I'm sure I had them. They don't, nothing really stands out at the, off, the, off the top of my head, but I can remember one moment in a very, very important game, probably the biggest all-star baseball game I was ever involved in, playing against this team that we knew we were going to get destroyed by. <laughs> yeah. We were actually winning in the final inning, mm. and we were up by one run. They got a couple runners on base. I forget which bases, uh, but it was at least two runners on. And I think we even had two outs. Oh, man. So it was really one of those moments. And they hit a pop fly to our center fielder. Now, this is a high fly ball. I'm, I, I played first base, so I knew either he catches it and the game is over, or he dr- doesn't catch it and it's over. Yeah. And so I start walking towards the dugout as the ball is in the air. I just know the game's over. Whatever happens, happens. And so I'm watching, and my, my friend who's playing center field is right under the ball, has his glove up and it goes right over his head mm. and the game's over yeah. because the runners were running and it was a moment where we could all be really angry at him mm. or we could be, we could rally around him and be friends with him and, and show him our support even in the loss. Um, and I think we were all really, really destroyed we had this great hope we were going to finally beat this team that we'd, we'd <laughs> lost to several times in years before sure. and so we all rallied around him and we we lived as a team and died as a team and yeah. that was a good yeah. a good lesson for us to see that okay there's more important things here than than just this mm-hmm. um but i think about sports also and i think about some documentaries i've watched recently mm. there's been a trend of sports documentaries which i am more than okay with <laughs> Uh, I find them very interesting. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, actually it really shows the human side of it, yeah. which I really love. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's really, really interesting. One of them was the all or nothing documentary on mm. Tottenham Hotspur, my favorite soccer team. Um, but there's been some other ones too. Yeah. Sunderland till I die. ESPN's 30 um, for 30 yeah, series. ESPN's 30 for 30, the yeah. whole Chicago Bulls documentary. Um, all of these are really fascinating and they show some really good things and some really bad bad things. One that I've watched recently is Welcome to Wrexham uh, with Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElnenny who just bought a team in Wales, Wrexham AFC. And there's an interesting episode towards the end of the documentary on really how sports and how soccer in general has pulled this community together over the years uh, and how it especially helps men. Sports helps men in particular mm-hmm. uh, have something to have camaraderie over. And I, I thought it was an interesting episode. They had this this feminist scholar on who was talking about uh, just sort of the how how sports you know just connects men in in, in strange ways that yeah. it doesn't quite do so for for women generally. And that's not to say that it can't. I know plenty of competitive athletes who are who are women. For There's women it probably does for those who play. For men yeah. it can be the spectator aspect yeah. and so more so. The part of the episode was about how it bridges fathers and sons and grandsons often having a sports team that they follow together it kind of gives them a basis a a woven thread through Mm -hmm. the generations Uh, and i think that that's really fascinating i think that that there's a lot of truth to that obviously just looking out and observing the world and i think in general this can be a really good thing Uh, i was a part of a uh, a 
fantasy football league mm. for a few years. I'm no longer part of it. I wasn't very good, and I didn't have the time <laughs> to dedicate to it. And so I decided to step away, and that was probably best for everyone involved. <laughs> uh, but to, it was, to retire it was a, from yeah, fantasy football. <laughs> it was a cool thing for getting to know the guys in yeah. the group, yeah. some of whom I didn't know prior to playing. And so it kind of gave us all a basis, and a sort of common thread, a, a, a point for, of, of conversation, which, which wasn't a bad thing. I yeah. think it was a really good thing and just sort of giving us one more thing we could talk about that's easy to talk about. It really doesn't matter at the end of the day. It's just a friendly conversation competition and i think that those are those are healthy things mm -hmm. one of the problems i've seen also in these documentaries is and this maybe leads us to our conversations about the danger of sports although maybe i'm getting there a little bit prematurely is definitely the idolatry of it especially yeah. in sunderland till i die oh, that's man. the documentary on netflix that came out a couple of years ago right during the pandemic i believe yeah and th there's a couple of scenes where the local church i believe it's a church of england anglican church uh, the priest is offering prayers during the liturgy for the for Sunderland soccer team to win, uh, like to, not to just win. generally to you know have a good experience this year, but it's and they want to win. Yeah. You really see the intermingling of sports and religion. Yeah, sports can become a sort of secular religion. Uh, this is not just me speaking this this way, but this is why we call it we call stadiums cathedrals yeah. of sport. To pilgrimage to it's, your yeah. cathedral of yeah, the Lambeau Field or something. And yeah. there's worship that's happening here, and there's this whole story uh, that you're following along with, and it can really cr crush you on a bad day, and it can yeah. make you feel. Like nothing could go wrong on a good day. If, if the United States were to win the World Cup, there would be rejoicing in the streets, sort of like how there was with Saudi Arabia beating Argentina a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. uh, they declared a national holiday, oh, and yeah. everybody took the day off the next day. <laughs> and so, wow. And yeah, it's just it can go obviously uh, too far. Mm. Uh, but I see one more interesting point that we've we've come up with, Mark. I want to hear your thoughts yeah. on one more value of of sports for humans. Yeah, so I, I like the family one. I think um, a lot of my greatest memories as a kid growing up were mm. Sunday after church, you go hang out with your cousins, and the Bulls were on Sunday. I yep. mean, that was NBA on NBC, a Sunday afternoon Bulls game where yeah. every guy is going to be around the couch. Were um, <laughs> the women and hanging out women somewhere were else? Off in, uh, in a different <laughs> room. But, um, I think to a person, actually, I don't think any of the girls would, would really be interested <laughs> in watching, but it would be the Bears or the Bulls. Yeah. And um, that those are really great memories that I have of family time, mm -hmm. um, whether that's my, with my dad and my brother, maybe at home, and in which case my mom and sister would watch with us. But um, really, really cool moments going to Cubs games. Um, this mm -hmm. was, it's, it's a big deal again in my family where I have an uncle who was mentally handicapped and um, he loved baseball. Baseball is perfect for mentally mm -hmm. handicapped people often um, mm -hmm. because it's a slower game and um, they, they can sort of pick up on the excitement, which it builds a little bit more in baseball. Yeah, and, and it's so a stats game, too. Exactly, yeah. And uh, it, it moves at a slower pace, and it's fun to just go and sit in the ballpark. And so my mm -hmm. Uncle Lewis loved baseball. And, mm -hmm. um, in fact, to the extent that my Uncle Lewis was so mentally handicapped that as long as I knew him, he only said about probably six or seven sentences 
And those sentences, about half of them were sports. Hmm. And so he would say, it's time for a pitching change or uh, scores three to two or it's all tied up. Um, or Ernie hit a homer, so his favorite player was Ernie Banks growing up. Um, he's my dad's oldest brother. And so you can see there that sports were something that he enjoyed. He'd, mm. He would shoot hoops by himself, just stand mm. five feet in front of, of the rim and, and shoot baskets um, for mm. a long time. And that helped my grandma, actually, because it would give her a break because he would go yeah. and, and shoot baskets. And so sports were really special um, in in my dad's family in particular. And... Um, and a, a good, a good thing, hmm. like you can truly say, it, not just a good thing because it was fun, but but a truly yeah. good thing, almost like with the capital G for for Uncle Lewis. So, hmm. um, so that was really neat. I, I I like that point of of bringing families together. But yeah, if if somebody is more interested in the human side of sports, which I think is the far more compelling side than just the who won and who lost, um, this ESPN Thirty for Thirty has some awesome documentaries has a really good one on how athletes lose all their money i think it's called broke hmm. um and it, it, it's basically how that even happens and so there's some sad stories there's some infuriating stories yeah. with a lot of foolishness but it's not always so cut and dried how that happens um the hmm. two best in um episodes in the 30 for 30 that i want to commend to people are an episode called once brothers which examines the fall of the of the nation of yugoslavia and how it was broken into croatia and serbia and how they became rivals in basketball hmm. and so drazen petrovic and vladi divas were such good friends but um drazen petrovic was croatian vladi divas was serbian and so then they hmm. became rivals actually and didn't even speak to each other for a long time and mm. so it really shows the overlap of uh, society and war and, mm. um, and religion and sport and friendship. And so it's called Once Brothers. It's, it's tremendously interesting. And then there's also one called The Two Escobars, which um, documents um, Andres Escobar, who, uh, who played for the Colombia soccer national team and scored the own goal against America in the 1994 World Cup. Mm. And he was actually murdered uh, after yeah. that happened. And so it shows Pablo Escobar, who was in Colombia and, and a big drug lord, and Andres Escobar, who was a great Christian man who made a mistake on a soccer field and was murdered. And really the contrast of those two stories where there's this evil man who was get, essentially getting away with it, like what Psalm 37 talks about, that the, the yeah. evil are prospering, but the, <laughs> the virtuous man seems to be suffering. And yeah. so um, you see that a lot in the, the, the episode of The Two Escobars. And <laughs> so... Um, those are phenomenal documentaries, but uh, but we can get into maybe some of the dangers. And um, one that I want to, uh, obviously, there's the danger of idolatry. Sports are fun and good and exciting, and so they can become an idol. That's almost a given, I think. But, but one that I want to maybe hone in on a little bit is that sports might seem to give people permission to sin in a lot of cases. Hmm. And so I think there of the angry coach who screams at the players, swears at the players, yeah. which um, has happened in the past at Ripon <laughs> Christian School, for example. I know of um, some stories that I've heard from years past. I don't have any knowledge of it happening right now. I doubt it is. But, but years and years ago, uh, there, were, there were coaches who would just abuse, verbally abuse <laughs> kids, basically. And the excuse is, but that's just what coaches do. Tough love. Yep, getting the best out of them, you know, the really yeah. motivating them. And, and to be honest, these kids often did perform well, um, but 
uh, certainly does at what cost does yeah, exactly at what cost to their spiritual health um, it, it, and we also think of cases where fans verbally abuse refs or fans from the other team um, where sin seems like it's permitted in that gym or on that field in the stands but it's not it, yeah. you know um, we, we're called to be people of integrity especially if one is associated with a christian school and mm -hmm. the word christian is literally across the chest of the the athletes on the field and it's so many of the stands yeah that's exactly the third commandment do not carry the lord's name useless or mm -hmm. do not carry it worthless and that's happening when poor sportsmanship is shown um, particularly from Christian school athletes. Yeah, that's that's a very particular one, but a very important one to say, especially in our context and really in the context of the Christian Reformed Church where Christian yeah. schools are really a, a part of the DNA. And I, uh, I do want to add to that that I believe Rip and Christian shows tremendous sportsmanship yeah, that I've always seen. Point. And so this isn't to say that every Christian school is failing in this regard. In fact, what I have constantly seen, and I go to a lot of Rip and Christian sporting events, is the abuse that other fans, particularly of public schools, mm -hmm. will launch towards our Christian school kids. Hmm. And um, I'm sure it happens on the court as well, <laughs> where there's a, there's a natural hatred. You, you hate to say it. Um, I've even seen it from refs, and I've heard hmm. of some refs and some administrators um, who don't like Rip and Christian. Hmm. Uh, for whatever reason, I don't know. But there's a an animus towards Rip and Christian and towards the athletes. And I've seen hmm. time and again um, our athletes responding really well and showing excellent sportsmanship. So there it can be a positive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Adversity and, yeah. and fighting through it. Yeah. Uh, totally. Uh, I think it's, I don't know, you've already said the idolatry thing. Yeah. That, that's a clear one. I, I think part of the poll for people here, especially for parents, is that uh, – and I'm, I'm, I will say I'm kind of riffing on an idea I heard a couple of years ago on a podcast called the New Religion, New Time Religion podcast hmm. uh, with um, – it's a couple of Lutheran guys. And it's one of their early episodes. I think it's called Identity and the Thing. And I think that they, they – it's – the author is sort of a major author on youth ministry stuff. So that's how I've come across him. I forget his name uh, off the top of my head, but – it's an interesting episode about parents and how parents feel this pressure to help mm. their child find the thing, whatever mm. the thing is for them, and to sort of wrap their child's identity up in this thing, whether it's music and playing a particular instrument, mm. uh, and or whether it's sports. And they talk a lot about sports because sports are a very common thing in their own context. I believe they're in Minnesota, so they talk about hockey in the episode a little bit. Uh, but really, it's all kinds of sports, and, and parents feel today a pressure of helping our child become authentic to who they are. And so yeah. we want to help them find their gifting and then really just pour into that gifting and so that they can become that kind of person, that kind of successful athlete. And they, they make an interesting point in that episode about how often youth pastors and pastors feel like parents just don't get it. They need to pay, pay more attention to their kids' spiritual lives. Uh, and they say that, well, sometimes I just don't know if youth pastors get it. Because mm. Maybe parents get it a lot because parents know that these sports are really doing good things for their kids. And so I think we've already noticed a lot of those good things in this episode. Mm -hmm. uh, but the danger, of course, in all of this, 
this addiction to sports is that we wrap our entire identity up in sports. Uh, so much so that if our team loses, whether we're on the team or we're a fan of the team, we we are crushed and everything's devastated. Now, I, I'm sad. I'll admit when my team loses an important game, that's never fun. Uh, but I try. Maybe my wife will be the best gauge of this. I try not to let it just ruin my day. It's a bummer and okay, I'll move on. I'll do the dishes or something and take my lumps and just go on with my day. And I'm not, yeah. I don't want to have it spill over into other things. And I hope it doesn't do that. Go kick the dog uh, or something. Yeah, yeah I don't, yeah, don't want to <laughs> kick the dog. Right. Um, or bring it to work with you. <laughs> yeah, right. And so... Yeah. Uh, it's, it was just an interesting conversation. I would commend it to, to yeah. anyone who's listening. I think it's their third or fourth episode, Identity and the Thing is what it's called, uh, I believe. And so wow. if you want to go find that New Time Religion episode, it's really helpful. And particularly for parents, if you're a parent listening to this and your kids are involved in sports, uh, it's something to consider. Uh, I think that's a good extension of some of our thoughts here. Mm-hmm. Um but it really can be something we get so wrapped up in. It's something that uh, it makes our, our kids miss important formative experiences for their spiritual growth. Um, and so we have to weigh that in the balance. We have to think that through. And I'm not saying that that's, that's going to be easy. Um, hmm. And I know that if, if our kid misses a sports practice or a game for a youth group, not only will that make them really sad possibly but it may uh threaten their their place on the starting lineup or Mm -hmm. whatever and so you have to weigh those sorts of things uh i think as a general rule though one one thing we could say is we should try not to play sports (laughs) on sundays especially (laughs) if it's going to cross over with with church Um, we should if, if if our kid is on a team and their team is being asked to play on a sunday morning I would I would lean in saying probably avoid doing yeah, that, avoid good. that team, and make a principled stand for something. Hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, you're always communicating what matters most in your schedule. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't I personally don't get offended if a kid misses youth group for for a sport. Um, I get that it, the youth group goes on. It's also not an essential part of our Christian life in the same way that Sunday worship is. Uh, I think that that is a requirement of the Christian. Heidelberg Catechism teaches that it's a day set aside for worshiping the Lord and for resting. And so I think we need to be in church on on the Lord's day. And so, okay, maybe that means you miss Sunday morning if you go to the Sunday evening service, if your church offers that. Uh, But in general, I think it's it's best to, to avoid uh, prioritizing sports over over Sunday worship with the Lord's people. Yeah, that's a really good point. I, I'm glad you remembered it. it. It's actually not in our notes all that much, but that, I think that's one of the main things that pastors hmm. do need to say is, um, is, is just reminding people of Paul's teaching in 1 Timothy 4. Bodily training is of some value, so it, it is a good thing generally, but godliness has value in every way, and therefore to even arrange your schedule around that simple truth mm-hmm. so that sports isn't the automatic um, yes to every other thing in life. Yeah. You know, when, when there's a decision to be made, I know that there are probably there are so many people 
who it's an absolute no-brainer. They're going to go with sports. Yeah. They're going to do the sport. Church that will is be here next one. Sunday. Exactly. And so it's not even a question yeah. or it's not even a thought. Um, I do know of some families who, who do the opposite, where they say, uh, we're going to avoid the, the club team because mm-hmm. it's just that uh, regular Sunday worship matters more. Yeah. And, um, you know, I hate to, to make it that plain and, and simple, but I think that, that it does come down to that maybe at a certain point. Mm-hmm. Another danger of sports that I see um, is that it sports can allow for particularly men, I think, to remain immature for their whole life, to move on to, to greater yeah. things. Um, so That's a good point. Think, That's not also not on yeah, our notes. <laughs> thinking of our of, of the example of being a youth who cares a lot about sports, yeah. soccer, baseball, basketball, whatever that might be, softball, volleyball, and then there's going to be a time when you need to put childish things besi- behind you. Yeah. However, that just can transition into spectator mode mm-hmm. so that I used to play basketball and now that I can't play basketball very well anymore, mm-hmm. I'm just going to watch basketball and that's going to become this thing that my all my free time becomes about and it becomes this, this obsession almost for me. Mm-hmm. And so what that does is it keeps often men immature spiritually hmm. that they don't shift away from games and onto greater things yeah um, it, it would almost be like uh, to use an example of of girls growing up and they play with dolls hmm. and why do they play with dolls it's to hopefully point them towards a greater calling to care for children uh, mm-hmm. perhaps their own children someday and that is a calling that's full of virtue and 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 goodness mm-hmm. and requires maturity and so that that thing is training them for a a greater thing yeah whereas i think with sports it's often the case where the sport is 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 maybe training them towards a greater thing but they never transition to that greater Mm -hmm. thing of now that you're not playing in sports anymore well maybe that was training you to be a deacon or uh, a, a leader in the church in some particular way. Yeah. But people never make that, that transition because, well, now they could just watch the Warriors mm-hmm. or they could just watch the 49ers and, and really obsess about that, I would say, often in a spiritually immature way. That's an interesting point. And I think, at least for me, that makes me think of retirement. Hmm. The, the subject of retirement for sports, for athletes, uh, some of them retire with, with honor, and they know that their time is up, and so they sort of fade away into the sunset. Like Cristiano Ronaldo should do right now. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, or, or Tom Brady would be a great example yep, where he yeah. uh, he's not translating the lessons of, of a life of hard work in sports and translating all those lessons he's learned into now life away from sports. Yeah. In fact, he's he's so committed he to sports that he's away. lost his whole his family, yeah. lost his wife, and uh, he's going to be having issues, I'm sure. I don't say this with glee, obviously. He's going to have issues with his children now for for the decisions he's made to not give it up, to not hang it up. And, and I think that that's sort of maybe a good illustration, a useful illustration for for what you're you're, you're saying. Yeah. Uh, Jordan did the same thing, came back, you know, and sort of tarnished his legacy a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And most yeah. of us aren't Michael Jordan, and we're not yeah. Tom Brady, or we're not Christian, Cristiano Ronaldo, but 
we do need to move on and, and see that the, the lessons from sports, all those good things we talked about at the beginning of the episode, those are things we need to learn to then apply to real life. Uh, there should be joy in uh, sort of actively pursuing our wives or uh, raising our children and, and building something more important to using the lessons of teamwork with those who we work with uh, so that we can do something important for society, whatever our job is, if, we're, if we do taxes or if we work at the grocery store. We're, we're providing hopefully useful services for people and we should learn these lessons and translate them. Hmm. If our bodies cannot continue to keep up with the activity, uh, we should sort of gracefully age and realize our limitations mm-hmm. and not continue living in the glory days of the past. Uh, there's there's really, you know, no, no worse thing, I think, than somebody just, you know, always reminiscing and never <laughs> uh, just talking about what is ahead of them yeah. and what, what glorious things are ahead of them. Uh, there's, it's always sort of the trope of, of many... Uh, a coming-of-age movie of the, mm-hmm. the guy who just gets stuck thinking about his college football or his high school football days and the the pass that he caught for the touchdown and the, the state championship right that was 30 years ago uh, and there's a reason why that's kind of a trope yeah. it's because it's true and so we do need to to move on and to grow up and learn to apply the lessons to to real life as we as we run the race that is set before us as paul would put it yeah that's another great insight um and and hopefully i mean the point of this episode is to not to rag on sports and and discourage any person from from participating um in fact we hope that people young people especially who are engaged in sports right now would even listen to this and that they would put sports in their proper place, Hmm. that they would uh, enjoy it, have fun, have a great high school career, college career, if that's the Lord's will, maybe even some some pro careers uh, of people who are are listening. That's all wonderful and can be good, but um, it points to a greater thing that is the glory of Christ, the glory of God in your life, and uh, the spiritual lessons that that people would take away, that, that they would grow in godliness as they um, train themselves physically and compete. And so, yeah. Um, amen. Yeah. So thank you for listening, everyone. And uh, we look forward to being with you again next week with the next episode of Quorum Podmatics. But until then, uh, we'll see you. Grace and peace, you guys. Mm-hmm.